Hello, everyone. I'm Trent Luce. Welcome to another edition of Rural Routes, the program where we gather every day at this time. Well, we do it Monday through Friday anyway. And what we do when we gather is continue to address the issues between food production and food consumption. Hank Vogler checking in every Monday like clockwork from White Pine County, Nevada. I happen to be in one of the most historic counties of our nation, whether people recognize it or not. I'm in Frederick, Maryland, 50 miles from Baltimore. Nothing yeah. to say about you, that, no. that renders you speechless or what? Well, Frederick, Maryland, uh, would that have something to do with the Civil War? It's got everything to do with the Civil War. It has everything to do with the War of 1812. Francis Scott Key, who wrote the Star Spangled Banner on September the 14th, 1814, is not only born in Frederick, Maryland, he's buried in Frederick, Maryland, just down the road in Fort McHenry is where he wrote that. And during the Revolutionary War, there was a barracks here that they kept, they used as the prisoners of war for the, the British soldiers. So Frederick, Maryland, and it's 30 miles from Gettysburg. Have you heard of Gettysburg? Once or twice, the <laughs> first battle for under the second. So, Hank, uh, I had this discussion this morning with Andrew on Across the Pond, and clearly I'm thinking about it because it's what your mind went to right away, the Civil War and Frederick, Maryland, and how instrumental this part of the country has always been from a historical perspective. I hear too many people casually talking about today, you know, we just need to get to a Civil War. I don't think they understand. They clearly don't understand. This is not like going out deer hunting or big game hunting. This is crippling to a nation. Well, and once the commitment is made, you know, uh, there are several people that uh, have thought that we ought to do that. And once you start, you can't come back. And it's just, it's just beyond the pale. We should be, we should have a war with the ballot box. We should have a war with straightening out America. And it's up to the citizenry to send the right people to Washington, D.C. and quit making it a clown show. And, and uh, we're not voting for the king and the queen of the prom. There's some serious stuff going on. And, and there's some people that, that, for whatever reason, have been indoctrinated that something, a, a different form of government that has failed all over the world is should, what we should take up. And, you know, <laughs> it, it's, it's astonishing. We've dumbed down education to the point where there are dozens and dozens of high schools that can't, the kids can't even read. They can't do math. Uh, but they can run an iPhone, and that's about it. And then it's just, it's just scary. And I, maybe that's just because I, I came up pre-calculator uh, or something. <laughs> you know, if you got caught in a math class with a calculator, which was as big as a typewriter, which nobody has anymore either, <laughs> they'd <laughs> take it away from you. You know how many kids don't have never even seen a typewriter? Probably most of them. Well, kids, none of them. Yeah. Except that they went to a museum. So, 
<laughs> I think every home yeah, probably not. still has a typewriter, though, don't you think? They, I mean, it's buried in some I closet somewhere. In a closet in the basement somewhere. There's a well, Joe in the basement. He uh, Pinocchio Joe probably uses his every day, writing <laughs> himself notes. I don't know. I, yeah. <laughs> Well, so and I, you miss, I know that you didn't catch it, but Friday's roll route, you, you what you said is absolutely spot on. We got to take serious the people we vote for and, and send to uh, DC or even to our county commission. Don't exclude the county commission. But uh, until we fix what is taking place and the alteration of the votes that we do make, which it was my topic of discussion on Friday with Jessica Poloma. This is a program that you have to listen to or watch, Hank, because we go vote at our local districts and there's nobody there. I, I don't believe in any mass numbers. People there are trying to skew the election, but then they send the data to some cloud, which by the way is owned by Microsoft, the same guy who's trying to kill us all. And, and then the, it's manipulated by a software called, program called B-Row and it's all laid out in this a conversation with Jessica Poloma. Until we fix that voter integrity issue, we don't have a chance to send who we want to DC or our county commission. The amazing thing for me is we do not want to fix the border. And and, and I blame the, all of them for it. Now, maybe Trump uh was a little too brash with his wall but okay let's just look at the the thousands of people millions that are on the government take on the dole they're sitting home watching tv eating berry pie and ice cream and smoking dope or fentanyl or whatever they're doing but they've dropped out of the workforce they have no respect for work or whatever we've let them become so we have people from all over the world that have an uncle, a cousin, a brother that came to America and compared to where they lived in Peru or other countries, Africa, they're very successful. They have homes, they have clothes, they have food, they have all the things that they struggle for in these other countries. But we're going to allow them to vote. No, no. When they came from Ellis to Ellis Island, they were given a checkup, a medical checkup. And if they didn't pass the medical checkup, they had to go to quarantine or they had to go back home. And if you wanted to vote and be a citizen and be a, an American citizen, the, the old Vasco with Uskaldunak, Americanunak, American Vasco. They get, that's our problem right there in a nutshell. We need people to come here that were, are willing to work, are willing to take on the American dream. And it voter ID, what is wrong with voter ID? Oh, yes, there's going to be some 97-year-old lady uh, or man that, that can't get down to get his picture taken. It's minimal. It's minuscule. Mm -hmm. But we're going to have to exclude all of these people that are here basically to vote. Go to go when the bus shows up at the reservation, and everybody gets a twelve pack of beer for voting. I, I mean, stuff like that. I, I've know, literally voting. seen that, Hank. I've literally seen it with my own eyes because I lived on a reservation yeah. for five years. 
voter integrity is the number one thing. It, and it just, why does the, why are the Republicans so afraid to be saying you're discriminating? Well, no, you're not discriminating. You're, you're absolutely uh, saying that I, I, something I to have, do with being American. I have the answer to that. Everybody's shouting, why aren't the Republicans fixing this? Because they were elected on a fraudulent system. How do they fix something that put them in power? Yeah. It's just, yeah, I mean, that's that's the that's the revolution. That's the that's the civil war is the American people have to rise up and have a voter integrity. That is the one thing that, you know, they they work on the gun control all the time. They work on speech control. They work on everything. We have got to stand up and make our votes count. And we do not do that. And I, and to be honest, I'm more concerned about it at the county commission level than I am at the presidential level. I really am. Well, I, yeah, and I'm seeing it in living color twice a month. Yep. Uh, yeah. Because the president only has the power we let them have. People are just so so ignorant on the Constitution and the history of this country. Because we're talking about our kids being dumbed down. You don't teach them where the power is actually at, and it's at the county level. And when they skew the folks who are at the county level, they don't exercise the rights that we have as a, at the county level. Consequently, the state gets away with what they want to, and then the state does the same thing. The federal government, kind of, we just all sit here and say, hey, what's the president going to do to us next? No, there is nothing in this Constitution that says people are supposed to sit there and say, what is the king going to do to me next? That led to the first civil war with our cousins, and it was called the Redcoats are coming. Roll out. We're back with more Hank Bogler after this. Let's talk about life powered by coal. We celebrate this life and electricity has made it easier and better. The powers that be want to end that convenience. It is a convenience. Don't get past that. But we take coal from the soil, another God-given resource. We burn it, capture the electricity, capture the energy, compress that into electricity, send it to a line, and your stuff works. We continue to put our electricity at risk and our energy complex in peril by decommissioning these coal-fired power plants. Stand up. Don't let that happen anymore, any place, anywhere in the world. Lignite.com with full details. Welcome back. Rural Route, Trent Lewis alongside Hank Bogler. Hey, I just want to comment also because you know that in November of a year ago, I went to Eagle Pass. I went to the border. I saw firsthand what's taking place. I saw where they now have training camps in mexico teaching people to scale that wall that even trump was talking about within 20 minutes they can be over the wall hank you and i both know this isn't about a physical wall this is about a desire to put a wall up a a wall uh, in terms of here's the border because if you and i let's say you and i went to north dakota and we knew where the right place was to go cross into canada not through one of the the uh, ports but just cross into canada 
I guarantee you within 24 hours, somebody would be zeroed in on exactly where we're at and we'd be paying the price. So don't tell me that we can't virtually have a wall in the Mexico border and keep people out. And furthermore, you shoot six of them, make it public on Facebook, they'll stop coming. Well, why don't you break into North Korea and see how that works? That they blow your guts out. I mean, there's no, there's no questions. Yeah. Iran, we're giving what? How many billions of dollars back to Iran for three people? That you know, I, I mean, it's just every everything is is just upside down. I, I it's it's hard to believe. And and you keep you want to pinch yourself all the time and go, okay, okay, Hank, you're getting old. You you grew up in a different day and time with typewriters and big old electric plug-in calculators and all this kind of stuff and now things are changing and you don't want to change i don't want to change because i do not see any good coming out of these changes it, it's it's bizarre i mean uh, people who ignore their past have no future uh, i mean it's just any country that does that it's just it does not work and the history back to the beginning of time, a couple hundred years, about all they make it. And then the next thing you know, uh, and it's followed by total anarchy. It's followed by tribalism. It's followed by all the wrong things. And and then a couple of hundred years of, you know, I, I tell you what. And, and yes, my eyes were opened by a beautiful Chinese lady, but she was just ne hesitant to ever say anything about anything going wrong. I think that country's on the verge of collapse and, and take it or leave it. I mean, yeah, they're, 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 they're red herring is Taiwan. Well, okay. 80% of all the chips in the world are made there. You're going to blow those factories up. Gee, that'll help you quite a bit. I mean, all of these things are just ridiculous. And yes, stop the, people coming across the border illegally and start hauling the ones back across not the border but i mean it, it's a it's we got to do something and, and there's already 30 million people here that are undocumented that they want to give amnesty to and add seven or eight million more they're not going to go to work as a microsoft uh ceo they're going to be picking watermelons they're going to be picking strawberries they're going to be making beds they're, i mean uh just like every other group that ever came here or we're going to put them on a permanent welfare system to make them permanently tied to voting that they have no right to vote unless they become american citizens it's not that complicated it's crazy. You know, who is most offended by all of this is not you and I who were born and we don't know any born here and don't know any better. But the people like Sergio, who I had on from Bolivia the other day, and he became a naturalized citizen. He went through the legal process to become a citizen. Yeah. And it is it's just it's just a slap in his face. It's a punch in his nose, actually, not a slap in his face. It's a punch in his nose that these people illegally encouraged to come here and achieve the same rights that he earned to have and appreciates when they don't. 
Yep. Yep. I, I can, we don't have enough time in an hour for me to name all the people that I know that came here and became successful. And one of their most prized possessions was the fact that they became United States citizens yeah. and they took the test and they went through the process. And now we have a government that says, come on in, heck, that's all, that's just trivial. Don't worry about that. Hey, would you come over and mow my lawn? I mean, yeah, okay. <laughs> There's no insult about minimum wage. My first job, I got a dollar an hour. And I had, in, in that day and time, a dollar was pretty good size. Levi's were three forty-five a pair. So, I, I, you know, uh, my first pair of work boots, uh, were $18. Now the same boots sell for 500. So yeah, th the numbers have changed, but these people have to realize that starting at the bottom, maybe it's one or two generations down the line that actually get the, the brass ring, but they start on the bottom and they start on the bottom with the pride of being an American. They come here to be an American. If they're going to come here to work, you know, Second World War, look up the Bracero program they had with Mexico. And as soon as the war was over, <clears throat> they sent them back home. Who, uh, not Hoover, uh, Eisenhower sent millions of them home. Uh, Hoover sent millions of them home to provide the, the, we're working here and going back and forth to Mexico. That seemed to work at the time, but they, went home so the people in the depression could find jobs doing the things that that uh, people from mexico were doing there's there's were all kinds of programs i think roosevelt sent a bunch of them home you know uh, all of them when they uh, needed to provide jobs for americans and they knew that they, the citizenry knew that that they had to go home so you know <laughs> truman sent them home so if we're going to have these people come here to do work and send money to their families, I do, but I do it legally. If I started to hire, you know, they're demanding Elon Musk hire uh, uh, non-undocumented people. What's that all about? They catch me with one undocumented people. I'm out of business. Bye-bye. Everybody gets to go home. The rules and regulations that they pile on me every day. When they get here, we have to give them a $300 travel reimbursement. Well, we just got audited again. Uh, we passed the first time. The, the second time, we've gone over the fact that our <clears throat> beds were five inches too close to the floor. Well, now we have one gentleman, and I don't know what happened. I was the bookkeeper at the time. I know I paid him the money. Our entire system is being held up until we find the cancel check for the $300, which he probably came at the if middle of the month. I paid him for the month and added that on. I mean, it, it's my fault, but my world is about to get put out to lunch because not of the dozens and dozens and dozens of people that have come and gone here because of one person. But yet I have people that, if you take my core group of people, we're talking about 100 years. Uh, they have worked here for 100 years. So if it is so horrible here, if, if we treat them so poorly, why do they keep coming back? Have they got the 
Stockholm syndrome like Patty Hearst? Or is it working for him? Because there's no Americans lined up. I have to give that preference to Americans. I, I think f maybe five in the last 50 years have actually come here. And, and I think one of them lasted a month. They just don't want to do it. Well, and they, and that, one guy, all he, that at the core right. has been our problem. We destroyed the work ethic of the Americans first. Then we rely on immigrants to work. And then we just don't have either one of them working. So we have an unfettered migration, not immigration, migration into this country like a bunch of fowl flying north for the summer. <laughs> You know, <laughs> this may sound very contrary, but I had a farmer who, okay. who needed a lot. I'm going to pick it up when we come back with the second half of Rural Right with Hank Vogler said, I had a farmer. And then we, because I think this is going to get good and long. More after this. When it comes to efficient food production, we need to maintain a control over pest. And pest could be weeds, plants out of place in our crops, or insects. Insects probably the biggest challenge. Apache sprayers and the technology along with the service that's provided by Simpson Farm Enterprises and High Plains Apache will allow you to get a foothold on both of those pests. Simpsonfarm.com to find out more about the reliability and the service and the technology, or if you're in the north, High Plains Apache, either place. Get more details by contacting these individuals and say, you know what, I just want somebody who can help me in a time of need. That's exactly what they pride themselves in. Simpsonfarm.com or High Plains Apache. Hey, and while you're on the web, go to loosetailsmedia.com, loosetailsmedia.com, for full details about the Across the Pardon Regaining Control for the Farmer Tour. Welcome back. Roll route, Trent Loose, alongside Hank Vogler. I am uh, sitting in a hotel in Maryland, Frederick, Maryland, and we're going to get to you and your farmer. I've not forgotten about that. But, you know, Hank, uh, throughout the course of a day, I drink a lot of coffee, and there's so much chlorine in the water in this hotel that even the coffee I make, which isn't real coffee. Okay, I'm not going to pretend that the coffee made in these little machines in your hotel room is real coffee, but the chlorine is so bad, I can't even drink it. Uh, and if you want to ever <laughs> have that on the your tongue constantly you should live where i live i have good water and it might have <laughs> it might be like, you know minerals but it's out of a well it's clean it's cl it's clear and boy i go anywhere i can't drink the coffee there's lots of things i can't do because i that chlorine that that taste just absolutely um, i'm not used to it <laughs> i know it's awful I, it usually doesn't bother me but this particular hotel, which I won't name, uh, does not have a coffee pot in the in the lobby, but they'll sell you a three dollar cup of coffee that you can buy in the lobby. So you know maybe it's capitalism. Who knows? All right. So back to your story of you knew a farmer. All right, and this man, it's it's a. Uh, they used to call them truck farms. You know lettuce tomatoes, watermelons, cantaloupe, all that kind of stuff. Yep. So coming during harvest time, it takes a great deal of hand labor. So he was encouraged 
because of Trump's wall or whatever it was to go to the unemployment office and they would send people out because they had people that needed, I guess, to get their welfare or get whatever they were getting compensated for being lazy. Uh, <laughs> they sent him out to his place and, and he told me, I can't wait for this program to end. It's going to fail, <laughs> I can guarantee you. These people are tearing up more crap. They have no work ethic. They're, most of them are stoned. Everything about it is just not working. It's just too late for them. You know, the, the only way they'll ever straighten up is to starve and and they can't get to their drugs or something. He said, "Man, he said this is the dumbest idea of all where I could get I can get people that want to work they can send that money back home and it means a lot to them and it lifts their families out of poverty. And, and if they want to become an American, that'd be different, but they want to send that money to their families in their country. That would be productive for the United States. And I, and I have no idea what we can do with the people that are Americans that are just smoked well, up. As I understand it, they have to pretend that they're trying to get a job, apply, and maybe even show up for an hour, and then they qualify for handouts again for a period of time. Yep, and and, and it does not work. So, uh, you know, <laughs> in fact, <laughs> here's how bad it doesn't work. People used to call here and go. Uh, Jimmy Jack Johnson, did he come out and apply for a job at your place? Uh, I always said, never heard of him. No. Why? Did they use my name? <laughs> <laughs> so, so it also must have affected the bureaucrat that was in charge of calling up these different ranches to see if they, uh, if such and such to verify that at least ask for a job, uh, they don't want to call that person either because it affects their job. So, you know, and, and when you talk about small towns, you talk about the county commission. You just look at these small towns in the West. Now, I, I have no knowledge of how it works in Nebraska, but I know how it works in all these small towns that I've been around and lived in. They've killed agriculture, both livestock and uh grain farming or anything that people were doing 30, 40 years ago, they've replaced them with federal employees, state employees, county employees. So the constituency that you have to run for election uh, are basically the bureaucrats. The, the people that their check comes directly from the taxes of the people. And so your taxes go up. My taxes have just skyrocketed. Well, we've got inflation. Oh, okay. So that'll make it better by making it tougher for for me to pay my taxes. It's just everything is just geared to public employment, I guess you want to call it. And it's going to get harder and harder and harder out here, especially in a county that's 97% controlled by the federal government. And the county commission voted to allow the Nevada Department of Wildlife to buy 5,000 more acres. And every ranch that they've purchased or, or been donated to 
in the last 50 years have turned into biological deserts. Uh, you know, driving over this mountain to take the kids to the bus, 6.30 in the morning for 20 years. You start up the canyon, there's antelope. A little further up, there's deer. There's deer all the way up the canyon, all the way over the other side, and elk. And it was almost a phenomenon to see an elk. Now they got really thick, and now they're the predators have figured them out. It used to see every elk had one, if not two calves. Now you're lucky if you see 10 cows that they've got two calves. And this is all run by people who have an agenda or they have whatever it is. And that's to put everybody out of business that is in private enterprise and, and to basically stop the ownership of private land. And boy, if you don't, I'm the canary in the coal mine. Oh, that was metal lark. I'm sorry. <laughs> I mean, it's... I'm glad we have our bird designation here. We know the difference between a canary and a metal lark. <laughs> I mean, it's just, and, 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 and okay. So I'm an old paranoid guy, but I'm not. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> history proves it out for the last 20,000 or whatever years when agriculture came along before that the hunter gatherers, they had people guarding the places that they chipped arrowheads. They had fights with the, there was no, uh, Valhalla here. There was thousands of different tribes when the Europeans started coming here. I mean, uh, there were people that invaded from all over the world uh, during the last ice age. All of these things are the facts. But the fuzzy math is these people that have these agendas. And agriculture, surplus production of agriculture allowed for all industry for ed, for 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 uh, writing for for being able to invent a computer because you didn't have to spend every waking moment trying to find something to eat, and now we're going to we're going to we're going to kill the goose that's laid the golden egg, and that's what we're doing slowly, slowly, slowly. Just it's just amazing. And people, well, well, I go to the grocery store, it's right there. Yep. <laughs> Guess how it got there. I was trying to find the, the data, and it's not very easy to come by, particularly from a state standpoint. But 20 years ago, it appears uh, uh, roughly 10% of the United States population worked for government, whether that be state or federal. The best case scenario is it's doubled, and it, it appears to me that if you were to add all this up, what I'm finding, about one in four people today work for government, and that includes teachers, police, people who work for government at some level. But still, to your point, when you have one in four people, and I remember clearly the, the Harney County data when uh, you and I were focused on Harney County, Oregon for quite some time. And there was a scenario from the 60s until 2020, and it had flopped. The 80-20 rule was in effect, and it had flopped. In the, in the 60s, 80% of the people worked for themselves or in business. 
20% worked for government. Now in that town or that county, it's like 80% work for government. Yeah. So the constituency guarantees that you're going to wind up with the county commission that caters to its audience, and its audience is government. So, I, you know, and I don't know what the answer is. Uh, <laughs> it's just amazing how it's been able to be saturated. But with government control of most of the properties in these counties out here in the West, you know, 87% of Nevada, I think 60% of Oregon. Uh, it's higher than that, I think, in Utah, Wyoming. All, Wyoming got the checkerboard coming through, so there's a lot of uh, private sections there. But but anyhow, it's overwhelming. And if you want to have the, the you know, the red state my backside, uh, you have to be careful of what you say. No, you don't. You live in the United States of America. It's a free country. Freedom of speech is one of our first Bill of Rights, Hank. It's number two. No, it's number one on the list. Yes. Isn't that amazing? And in all those years back, they were not going to get the United States put together without some balance. And the balance, the large populated states to the small populated states, that was a contempt, uh, you know, just absolutely uh, issue number one. Well, issue number one was also the people. And the mm -hmm. first, the right to assemble, the right to free speech was right at the top, number one. So, you know, that had to be paramount. And then the right to protect yourself, <laughs> the lady in New Mexico, what in the world is she thinking? You want to stir up both sides of the coin. I mean, you, that's the way to do it. And, 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 uh, and, and Hank is referring to the governor who has said that she wants to restrict any type of gun on a person, whether it's legal or illegal in certain parts of the state. That's a violation of our constitution. We'll be back with the last segment. Roll out out of the list. Let's talk about that consistently tender supply of beef. It's called Certified Piedmontese. It's delivered directly to your door. You say, Trent, how do you know it's tender? Every single animal has a DNA test to verify the myostatin gene is present at least once because all sires used have two copies of the genetics that leads to rapid muscle growth and tender fibers. All of that means you can chew less and get more, and then you'll want more. cpbeef.com for full details. Have it delivered. cpbeef.com. Welcome back. Hank Vogler, roll route into the final segment. Great discussion about that well, lamb demand last week, Hank. Well, good. Good. We, uh, I partnered up with the fellow, and we have uh, been put under the watchful eye of the bureaucrats that want to confiscate some more land in the, in the county yep. and uh, take it basically take it off the tax rolls. So we get a call that says you've got to be off of the forest. And that was our fault. 
most of the forest permits, you have to be off the forest by some of them the 30th of September, some of them the 14th of October. But you're never there the 14th of October because hunting season started and there's no use hassling with those people for a few days feed. Even though this particular year, we left so much feed that could very easily uh, somebody inadvertently camping. Uh, I mean, there's sagebrush 15 feet high and so thick you can't walk through it. Uh, I mean, it's a wreck waiting to happen, but we were not allowed to. We probably didn't get over a third of that country, but a bunch of people that are detractors. That's a nice word for them. They're detractors. I could call them something else, but you'd have to use your whistle to stop the music. (laughs) (laughs) I call it a bullwhip. (laughs) Okay, whatever. But I mean, uh, they knew within a minute when we were supposed to be out. Uh, For the record, we were six hours. We didn't quite get out, but we boogied which I didn't think they think I, I don't believe they thought we could do it, but you know, we're, we're professional. We got hats and sheep hooks and all that stuff. You know? <laughs> <laughs> so we got out, but we didn't get out by midnight. It was uh six 11 the next morning that we actually crossed that hallowed ground line from forest service to BLM. So, and stay tuned. I'm sure that, those They're gonna get a people. trespass. Oh no, I don't think so. No, the no, no, I don't think it's even in the cards. Uh, and as our faux pas, I I didn't realize. Uh, and I think the man that used to have those permits, which ironically I came here thirty nine years ago, actually forty years ago, negotiated to lease his ranch, and uh, the price of sheep went up. And the gentleman that owned actually owned the sheep, uh, et cetera, et cetera, wouldn't turn the sheep over to me. And uh, it was a very low point in my life. Uh, I didn't know what to do. Every penny I had, plus several hundred thousand dollars of the U.S. bank's money, was locked up in an escrow. And uh, it was horrible. And I didn't have anything. I, and, and my family, I moved them down here. I mean, it was just a nightmare. And it turned out to be the best thing that ever happened to me because here I am. And now all these years later, this gentleman broke his ranch up into several parcels. And uh, I've had the opportunity legally to use those permits and hopefully maybe even purchase them down the road. I don't know. But right now, uh, I'm back under the microscope <laughs> once again by people who uh you know want to take the land out of production and then supposedly for the good of the wildlife which there isn't the, the amount of wildlife that's here is gone the sage grouse should never have been on the endangered species list or even the threatened list if you quit trying to raise wildlife politically correct and and quit introducing grizzly bears wolves and predators, I mean, Christopher Columbus never did get to America ever once. Uh, he hopped around on a few islands. But the first day they started unloading livestock, sheep, cattle, horses, whatever it was, chickens or whatever they had, the predators didn't know what they were. When they first started unloading elk here, uh, 
nothing happened. But then pretty quick, uh, shot animals that died in the brush, things like that. The predators figured it out. And the population has been adjusted ever since. It's it, it's just common sense. But it looks so good to so much of a bunch of people who don't know what it means that, oh, those wolves are so pretty. Well, right here in downtown River City, three days ago, my daughter got a call from a friend warning them that there was a gentleman at, uh, on a, uh, doing some observation looking for an, an elk was attacked by a mountain lion. So, but that won't even get the paper. Nobody will know about that. You know, because you can't have that. You can't have people knowing yeah. that, what actually happens. And you that's all designed that. to keep people out. You to saw the honey to stop recreation. You saw the guy that last week got attacked by a bison in Yellowstone, didn't you? He was, yeah, he was just and trying, then the guy got he was just trying to take a bear. picture with him. He wanted a selfie with him. <laughs> well, that's what a selfie looks like with a buffalo. <laughs> uh, so at the Frederick Fair yesterday, I always marvel, and I took a picture and video um, for Kelly's benefit because the day's coming when I think she'll we'll be shearing our sheep and she'll be spinning wool. <laughs> she adamantly denies that. But anyway, they were spinning wool, and I stopped and did a little video, and I said, uh, how many people actually come up here and ask you what you're doing? And they said, well, about half of them. <laughs> the other half want to, want to know how long we've been making yarn. <laughs> they have no idea <laughs> that, there's a, <laughs> that there's a sheep involved, despite the fact that they're sitting right next to the sheep. <laughs> but they're making yarn. Where'd that come from? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Is that, uh, I got is that a big synthetic? Chuck. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and then they were right in front of the birthing pavilion. And, oh, my goodness, they had a Jersey calf born yesterday and the crowd of people that flock in there. And last night they had a sow that uh, one sow in the birthing pavilion. And I happened to be there when she had her first pig. It was, what, 7.30, 7.45 last night. I don't know if they send out a text or what happened, but people just start flocking to the birthing pavilion. And I put this into context. It's about life. You know, what we do in agriculture is we promote life. And when you bring about a new <laughs> life, people just flock to it. And think about in the human element, we kill babies. We 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 destroy life. And yet we need to celebrate yeah. life. That's the moral of the story. Well, I've spent my whole life trying to get a baby lamb to live, a baby calf to live. Uh, you want to see a birthing situation. Uh, at one of my jobs, me and some other fellas calved out 1,963 heifers. If you don't hmm. think that wasn't a zoo. That another sounds like a job. <laughs> oh, boy, we calved out 800 dead heifers. So, yeah. But I have respect for that life. And it's it's very hard for me to understand anybody that wants to destroy a child. Mm -hmm. I, I don't get that. Now, we have birth control. What What's wrong with birth control? Yeah, there's situations where things don't work quite right. But I mean, it's uh, it's such but it's such a red herring. But it gets people so excited that uh, 
there's no answer to that. I think part of the reason that the election went so poorly is that they did not know how to handle that red herring. The Republicans didn't. And and they and the Democrats, you gotta say one thing about them. They stick together. And when they uh get the troops of the purple slobber, they vote and vote often. I mean, it's just unbelievable that that could happen. But uh, anyhow, did you pass around my cards for my seminar? Uh, you know, we've got a few uh, caves that are still available. And uh, my class of uh, chipping arrowheads or napping arrowheads and making longbows is up. And we have plenty of room in the seminar class on uh, uh, getting your wife to chew hides, which will be, you know, <laughs> that'll be right there with spinning, spinning wool. <laughs> yeah, that would be right there with spinning wool, chewing hides. So, but, but you know, that I mean, if that's where we're going, uh, I have a feeling that Trent Luce and Hank Vogler will survive a lot longer than a lot of other people I'm as pretty, we move into pretty confident our of that. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, this is. <laughs> if you put a real face on the whole mess, it just absolutely is mind-boggling. What mm -hmm. in the what in the world are we thinking about? There are basic what? principles of human life that we should not be violating. I think you put a face on it, and it's called Satan. Just saying. Yep. It, it, yeah. 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 And and it, it, those kind of things are easy. Trying to walk the straight and narrow is not easy. And we've all fell off of that path. There's just no way of getting around it. Yeah. But that's the easiest path is just to ignore it all and uh, live for today. And then you basically give away your grandkids. You give away your children. You You absolutely make it miserable for the next generation. And, you know, <laughs> and, and people even say, ah, I don't have to worry about it. I'll be dead when that happens. Well, uh, it may happen sooner than you think. And when you go to the gulag with the rest of us, uh, <laughs> it may not be as much fun as you thought it was going to be. And you may wish you were dead. So, Well, actually, we're ending at the same place we started because you talked about every civilization makes it about 200 years and then they, they try to figure out how to not make it. I remember when my late friend Chick Bishop told me that that was the case and you just can't argue with history trend. I'm like, ah, it'll never happen in the United States. Well, now we're trying to make sure it doesn't happen. For Hank Vogler... I'm Trent Luce. We've successfully journeyed down the path, connecting food producers to food consumers. Have a week of making some yarn. If you could, spin a yarn or two. <laughs> That's a whole different concept. We'll see you tomorrow. Oh, wait. All roads lead to a roll route. <laughs> Let's talk about that event in Denver, January the 6th through the 21st. If you're interested in scholarship opportunities, go to the website this year is going to be more about education on the celebration of life than any time you ever remember the National Western. I'm giving you my word on that because I'm going to make sure that we as a team get that accomplished. That is where we're at, celebrating life. And in Colorado, we have the resources. We just need to manage that creation. 
and improve the creation and improve human life. It all comes together at the National Western from peak folks all around the North American continent. See you in Denver, January 2024.